Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Friday here. This is the Tim Burns Show, and I'm your host, Tim Burns, the common man with common sense and an uncommon desire to know the truth. Any news going on today? Yes, there is, besides Pope news. And uh, at least in some of these things, they had some captions going on. But boy, trying to... I sometimes thought as slow as the Pope was talking, he was going to fall asleep during his own speech. Anyway, uh, we're going to get to some news, but I did want to make sure, because we have, obviously, everybody's heard by now, John Boehner is going to resign as Speaker of the House. He's leaving the post, and, uh, well, there's a couple of items we'll go over with that. The other thing I want to go uh, get to is I want to do a quick highlight reel of Benjamin Banneker again, and uh, then give, like I mentioned yesterday, we have... In this country, we have a gigantic swath of different colors, different cultures. We, of every country in the world right now, have the greatest opportunity to bring people together. And what is the first starting point of bringing people together? Well, my Benjamin Banneker highlight reel plus what I think that first answer is. So... Again, let's get to, well, let me wrap up something yesterday. I talked about the 13-year-old kid out of Georgia, not a real fan of Barack Obama, to say the least. He's a conservative kid, very well-spoken, very articulate. I mentioned that Joe Biden should have been proud to see or hear a kid like this talking so conservative, but let's highlight this. Revenge. Obama blocks conservative middle schooler from following him on Twitter. As I mentioned, who's the adult in this regard? Now, I'm obviously Obama's not making the call on these things. There's lots of staff members who have to go over all of these tweets that come in. And so the heads up came after the video of this kid coming out questioning whether a White House trip by a Muslim kid who was arrested for making a clock, I mentioned that clock definitely has a look that doesn't look like a clock. At first glance, you have to presume it's something more than that. And I understand he's a, he's a brilliant little scientific mind. That's great. But this kid, C.J. Pearson out of Georgia, was a little... Well, in sense that why would you give this kid an invite when lots of other people don't get invite who are just as worthy, if not more worthy? And as the kid put it, it's an honor. He's used this child, the one who got arrested, as a political prop. 
This president has used this child to push his radical leftward agenda, and I think it's disgusting, and I think many, many people agree. You know, the one thing, uh, uh, besides being blocked from following the president, he's just unable to view any of the president's tweets. I mean, they completely cut him off. And so it, it made me think the one th- mention, the one, well, the one item as well-spoken as this young 13-year-old is, as well-spoken as he is, I'm just wondering why perhaps there wasn't Obama looking at this kid and saying something such as, You know, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. You know, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. You know, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. Well, if he had a son, he could also look like C.J. Pearson. But that wouldn't quite work in Obama's world. Why? Well, the kids' politics are certainly different than Obama's. Proof? Banned. Revenge. Who's the more? Who is the petulant one? A 13-year-old kid who's just voicing his opinion? Or the president of the United States? All right, so we went through that. Got that out of the way. Well, the big news of the day is, obviously, John Boehner is resigning. And there is just an enormous number of headlines, of stories regarding all of this. I had a couple of points I wanted to make, but here's a couple of headlines that came out after I printed out what I wanted to get to you. Uh, You know, we've heard Boehner. I played the tape of Boehner's supporter. um, What was his name out of uh, Oklahoma? Tom Cole talking about how Boehner had reduced just the same talking point that Obama uses. I've reduced the debt by two-thirds. Well, the reason Boehner got into office in the first place is because the debt exploded. And here comes Boehner's spokes, a Boehner friend, a Boehner uh, fan, if you might look at it, supporter. And I'm not sure if Tom Cole is still in the senator of the House. I think he was a senator. I think he retired But he came out with the same tagline that Obama and their spokespeople are using. I've reduced the debt by two-thirds. That's exactly what Tom Cole said. Debt, here's a headline, debt up almost $4 trillion under spending deals. Now, who spends? The Senate? No, the Senate approves the spending that is generated by who? The House. Who runs the House? John Boehner. Up $4 trillion under the spending bills, under his, well, under his leadership, if you want to call it that. Departure creates uncertainty for Obama. Now, why would that headline be out there? Because Obama knew he could play John Boehner against the deadhead media, knowing that John Boehner doesn't really have, in my mind, doesn't even have any principles The principle is to stay into power. The principle is not to be viewed negatively in the deadhead media. Well, for that, Boehner must have accomplished things, but underneath the surface, we all know, and it has led to this moment. 62% of Republicans feel betrayed by their party, and it's not just because of the party. It's because who leads that party. This is the party of Lincoln, and if you want to trace all the way back the first Republican Party ever 
was Thomas Jefferson. They were called the Jeffersonian Republicans. And in history, it got relabeled. What Jefferson called the Republican Party that he founded, later down the road, a new adjective was added. Democratic slash Republican Party was what Thomas Jefferson founded. So the whole rewrite of history is always taking place. Uh, conservatives, it looks like McCarthy is going to be the potential next speaker. And uh, conservatives warm to McCarthy as speaker. Well, if he ends up being speaker, and this is a, a, a rep out of California, then we'll see exactly what he does in a leadership, leadership position. Uh, resignation triggers all-out leadership scramble. Only 2% of GOP voters very satisfied with Boehner and McConnell. What a poll that is. 2% of GOP voters. Is it any, any wonder why Donald Trump is getting the time of the day from the base? As I said before, everybody, once Donald opened up the immigration talk, talk that never would have taken place with any of the other candidates, it was him who opened up this can of worms, Donald Trump. And everybody is now on board with, yes, we should do something about securing the border. Well, the bottom line is that it's Trump who brought this to the table. And the support that he's getting is first and foremost be, because the, the people believe, those who are fans of Trump believe that what he says is what he's going to do. There's a few people running. They've had a chance to do what they say, and nothing's ever been done regarding not immigration. One thing first, secure the border. I read you that article. The Vatican, you should see the immigration policy to Vatican City. The Pope is here telling us to open up our doors to everybody. There should be no immigration. Borders should be wide open. And yet Vatican City, just try and get into there. Again, if the Pope wants to play politics with immigration, then lead by example. Open up the Vatican. Make it a 24-7 tour, including going right through his residence or whatever little room he has now. I, I don't think he actually stays in, a, in his official residence. Lead by example. Mitch, next in crosshairs. <laughs> Mitch McConnell, apparently, is next in the crosshairs of replacing leadership that really just waits around, sitting on its hand, waiting for the next election, hoping power just defaults to them. And, of course, did you see Boehner was supposed to do a press conference or at least a statement upon this resignation announcement and I, a buddy called me up. He said, did you see that video? Boehner running away from the press while they're trying to answer questions. So the press conference Boehner was going to do was canceled. And what is his press conference going to be? Well, a place where he can't have any questions asked or any hard questions asked. And where could you pause? Sunday, not meet the press? Nope. Sunday, face the nation. 
That's where Hillary ended up last week. Nice, friendly atmosphere. Obviously, the replacement John Dickerson on Face the Nation is a, this is a place where you can just spew your propaganda and I won't get in the way. I need ratings. Come on down. Tell your story the way you want to tell it. I won't hold you to account. That's the way the deadhead media works. Not going quietly, Boehner's going to be on Face the Nation this Sunday. And a quote from him, nothing left to accomplish. I thought that was just ripe. How about nothing accomplished? How about accomplishments leading to nothing? Was set to retire at the end of last year. Well, then why did he stay? (laughs) We could have moved on. We could have had a year under our belt if that was the case without John Boehner doing absolutely nothing besides playing golf, getting a tan, participating in whatever happy hour is there at the moment in Washington, D.C. Inside the EVA decision, applause breaks out at Conservative Summit. I actually put this down that uh, the crowd at the Value Voter Summit erupted into applause and cheers at the news House Speaker John Boehner is stepping down. Actually, the news broke when uh, Marco Rubio was actually giving the speech. Had struggled for all, for from almost the moment he took speaker. This is I'll get to this after. <laughs> anyway, at least popular speaker in three decades is another headline. Report paves the way for Planned Parenthood funding. MSNBC says Boehner should try to pass immigration reform before he leaves. (laughs) Of course, MSNBC wants that. And uh, the departure creates uncertainty for Obama. That headline is there for one reason. Why? Because Obama viewed Boehner as an ally, knowing his fears, knowing his lack of principles. Boehner was an ally for the president. And in fact, what is the last thing he really wants to do? Now, MSNBC wants him to pass immigration, but apparently he's thinking Mr. Boehner is trying to craft a solution to keep the government open through the rest of the year. He was under pressure from a growing base of conservatives who told him they would not vote for a bill that did not defund Planned Parenthood. Several of those members were on a path to remove Mr. Boehner through their ability though their ability was far from certain to actually get that done. I heard that this is actually going to be the game plan for Boehner. His last hurrah as he goes out the door is to make sure the government doesn't shut down over $500 million in funding to Planned Parenthood. You want to talk about being influenced by all the stereotypical talking points? As I mentioned before, Planned Parenthood is not going to have any problem whatsoever going to their, well, their top 50 donor list, if you want to look at it that way, and getting at least one guy, Tom Steyer, who put a billion dollars into the last election cycle for all the green candidates and all the green energy projects, put one billion into election. You think he can come up with a half a billion for Planned Parenthood? You bet he can. And that makes him a hero and a fan to the left. All right, so we've got uh, 
nothing left to he had nothing left to accomplish after he brought Pope Francis to the capital. Now that he doesn't have internal political considerations to weigh, Boehner is certain to push through a government funding bill next week that funds Planned Parenthood and keeps the government open. Now, from this article, I looked at a couple of the comments. Can you guess what this commenter's commentator's politics are? I think, this is a commentator speaking, I think he really wanted to do a good job as speaker. But the snotty GD repukes in the House don't want to govern. They want to rule under Christian Sharia law and ensure that they and their corpora fascist benefactors can steal as much as they can from the American people. That's the only reason this commentator liked Boehner. And of course, look at all the stereotypes written into that. But look at how clueless these liberals are. All right, stick around on the Tim Burns Show here on 810 KLVZ. Tim Burns, Phenomenal Exhibit Services. You know, big business is done at these conventions, and if you are the responsible party, your company, for making those exhibits work right on the convention floor, and it seems that it's nothing but hassles and headaches and nightmares, that the logistics just aren't working, I encourage you to make a phone call to Nominal Exhibit Services. They're the one place that starts and ends the process. They take you from point A to point B, and they will free up the most important thing you need, time to do business at these conventions. Conventions. So call them, 303-901-9090. Hey, John, what's up? Hey, Dave. Remember Hank's story about the key to a woman's heart is an unexpected gift at an unexpected time? Yeah, you were right. JT Jewelry does have some really cool stuff. So I did what Hank did. Got Amy two pieces of jewelry, and she loved them. And that special touch of going together to the jewelry store to get her pendant just the way she wanted it worked like a charm. Next time you see Hank, tell him thanks. I will, but let me tell you another story. I saw Bill, and he looked like a truck had run him over. I asked him what was wrong, and he said he went to a bunch of other jewelry stores looking to get a gift for Jean. And they had all the same stuff, and it was nothing but bling by all the same designers. He stepped up to the pump, spent a pretty good penny, and gave it to her, and she loved it. So he was a hero. Yep, but only until they went to a wedding reception a few days later. As people were introducing themselves, a lady came up, and they both noticed they were wearing the exact same pendant. Youch! Yep, he's been in the doghouse ever since. I'm gonna guess you told him about jt-jewelry.com. Yes, I did. one I had here that just it just was I it was comical oh here it is had struggled John Boehner had struggled from almost the moment he took the speaker's gavel in 2011 to manage the challenges of divided government and hold together his fractious and increasingly conservative Republican members well the biggest problem that John Boehner had is that he ignored the message of we the people, the reason he was given power in the first place, the principles, the grassroots movement, for lack of a better 
cliche, the lack of a better tagline, accountability and responsibility in government. That's what gave Boehner his power in 2011 after the 2010 elections. And again, these Tea Party members, these conservative members, biggest turnover in history, a thousand plus seats from federal to state to local to dog catcher level went from Democrat to Republican seats. And yet John Boehner didn't even give them a seat at the table, let alone give them a chairmanship. He didn't send the message to those we, the people who put these representatives in office that I'm going to listen. I may not agree, but I'm going to listen. Do you know who didn't compromise in this entire thing? John Boehner. Again, these Tea Party and conservative members who gave him his power didn't get a seat at the table. They weren't allowed to be in the room. They were told to get out of the building as far as they were concerned. We don't need your input unless we want it. And apparently they never needed it. And what was John Boehner, his biggest strategy was to let Obama's policy continue to irritate the base, to continue to give him more power. Now, 2012 didn't work out quite right because, of course, the next in line. Romney was the next in line. The establishment Republican candidate. And here comes 2014, 15 senators who gave Mitch McConnell his power. 15 Democrat seats turned into 15 Republican seats. And what did they all run on? In their home states, they ran on repealing Obamacare. Have you seen a repeal Obamacare bill? No, what we get from the deadhead media is, look at the House. All they did was send up bills to Boehner that they knew weren't going to pass. Well, they're not going to pass in a Harry Reid Senate before, ba- before McConnell got power. And so they were all exercised. So the deadhead media could say, That's all they're doing over there in the House is passing repeal Obamacare, bill after bill after bill. And now, after McConnell, after there is now a Republican Senate and House, how many repeal Obamacare bills have been put up? I don't think any. So they have the power. They have the power to listen to the constituencies across this country. They had the power. And what happened? They didn't do a thing. And now all of a sudden it looks like McConnell is doing the same thing Boehner did. Let's just sit on our hands and hope the policies change the electorate enough. Hope and change. They have the same hope hope and change that Obama had. Their hope is they can sit on their hands and things will change and get even more power. Now their hope is that we got to have a president. I can guarantee the conversations. Boy, if we only had a pre- only boy, if we only had a supermajority like Obama did. Maybe that's their whole goal is to wait for some supermajority to happen. Well, anyway, Boehner is getting exactly what he deserves and what he didn't deserve for the last 6 years, last 5 years. All right, let's a couple other news items to see the EPA. And this story about they spent $800 on a pencil holder. 
this goes back to that the uh, the toilet the eight hundred dollar toilet or toilet seat that the military was spending. Well, the EPA is followed in in grand tradition of how to waste the taxpayer monies. EPA ag- agency uh, uh, Environmental Protection Agency over the past decade has spent a whopping ninety two point four million dollars. Okay. Well, that's not that much. That's covering salaries, right? That's covering travel expenses. That's covering the benefits. No. That's to purchase, rent, install, and store office furniture ranging from fancy hickory chairs and a hexagonal wooden table worth thousands of dollars each to a simple drawer to store pencils that cost $813. Furniture shopping sprees equaled about $6,000 for every one of the agency's 15,500 employees. They spent $48 million on furnishings from the retailer known for its high-end modern furniture designs. Now, there's a sounds like a quid pro quo. Hey, you got anybody who can give us a deal on furniture? Oh, yeah, my cousin. In fact, my cousin's family owns this particular outlet. I think we ought to pad their pocket. Quid pro quo. More headlines. Police program aims to predict those most likely to commit crimes. I guess it's the real version of Minority Report. I didn't read deep into the article. But at this point, it just sounded like a little too much gobbledygook and that it really doesn't have, there's really not. I mean, these are all theoretical ideas. That's the way the liberal mentality works anyway. It's all theoretical. Uh, Let's see here. The EU chief, uh, this is actually regarding the onslaught of refugees pouring into Europe. The EU chief fears the union will collapse as a result of it. Migrant stream shows no sign of a slowdown. And in some of these refugee camps, specifically in the German refugee camps, there's no accountability as far as there's nobody, there's no security. It's, it's like four, it's like a square fence, put them in there, and then they're creating their own societies within. And rape and child abuse is rife in some of these German camps. Now let's move to a little Hillary news. And I th- there was one quote that I just thought was perfect. Remember the, the tagline of what the meaning of is is by Clinton on the stand? Well, Hillary has put out, she's learned from the best and she's put out her own. Hillary Clinton green-lighted paperwork that changed her top, Huma, uh, her top aide, Huma Abedin's job status to, quote, special government employee, a classification that allowed Abedin to work for an outside consulting firm and the Clinton Foundation at the same time she was advising. She had three different jobs. She had two jobs. She had three different jobs. She worked at an outside consulting firm. She worked for the Clinton Foundation, and she worked at the State Department. Now, talk about being able to milk the system. Well, Clinton... Hillary has always said the Clinton campaign argued Thursday that the document wasn't the actual approval. This is the meaning of is, is. And she had previously said 
just last Sunday on that friendly atmosphere at Face the Nation, she said, I was not directly involved, and here it comes, that it's actually something she approved. She created and green-lighted the paperwork. From one week ago, less than one week ago, here she is, caught in another evolution of story. It's all about the evolving story. It's all about trying to find that one that will stick. And every time she evolves, she traps herself. I, I, I tell you, I, I saw a poll. That's a New Hampshire poll. 46, 30, 14. Biden has 14. Hillary has 30. 46 for Bernie Sanders. Add up Hillary and Joe Biden. That's 44%. So he beats 46 to 44%. Both of them. So he's looking stronger and actually not, but she's looking weaker is probably the best way to term that. All right, we'll be right back. Stick around, folks. Chances are there'll never be an emergency ever again. But just in case, let's talk about a plan. Okay. Who is going to grab the go bag? What's a go bag? It is a bag we do not have that is filled with things we really, really need in an emergency. Guess we won't have to worry about it then. Well, this is great. <laughs> I am so glad that we don't have a plan. I know. Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Visit ready.gov kids for tips and information. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. My name is Digger, and I'd like to bury bones. And today, I'm not alone. My friend Bob also has a job. To plant a tree. But first, he needs to click or call three numbers for safety. Click or call 811 when there's digging to be done. There's dangerous lines below that you should know. And within three business days, the experts arrive, marking your lawn so you can dig safely. Now you know what's below. Click or call 811 before you dig. Tim Burns for DoggyDogWorldRescue.com. Are you looking for an adoptable pet that's been rescued from abandonment or abuse? You know, there's a lot of different dogs out there. You can get a dog that goes from abandonment and abuse to a cage and then to you. That will never happen at DoggyDogWorldRescue.com. Why? Because they have a great rehabilitation system that helps the animal find who itself is. So I encourage you, anywhere on the front range, if you're looking for a dog, go to DoggyDogWorldRescue.com. Uh, here is the meaning of is. Now, it's a little more complicated than Clinton's on the stand. Bill Clinton's on the stand meaning of is. Everybody scratched their head. A sixth grader could understand that that was pretty slick. Hence, Slick Willie, Bill Clinton. But this one is the Clinton campaign argued Thursday that the document wasn't the actual approval of the status but only approved the title change that came with with Aberdeen's transition. Now, is that a classic meaning, of, what the meaning of the word is, is? Oh, no. It had nothing to do with pushing through the whole 
application. It was just the little change we made in the title heading. Well, the other entity that Huma Abedin worked for was this uh, uh, was this uh, consulting firm, Doug Band of Teneo. This is the consulting firm. Had contacted her. Now, I don't know who her is, but it might, probably is Huma Abedin or Hillary Clinton in April of 2012, asking her for help to get a client appointed to a post on the president's Global Development Council. Now, this is all about quid pro quo. This is all about, hey, I got a buddy. Can you get him in the system? And what's the response? Knew that the woman, Judith Roden, president of the Rockefeller Foundation, was also a big supporter of the Clinton Foundation. So maybe this was a little bit in reverse. She's already a supporter of the foundation. Maybe they had to go into the bookkeeping logs to see exactly how much this lady had given in order to find out if she's worthy enough to get this uh, appointment to a post on the President's Global Development Council. Sounds like a pretty good influential council to be on. Another place, Aberdeen would collect a paycheck after her status as a special government employee was improved. It was all about putting money in Huma Aberdeen's pocket. Three separate jobs. She got maternity leave severance pay out of it too, ten to thirty thousand dollars. Huma Abedin must have a real good feel for the integrity of who Hillary is and how she does business. A, which means Mrs. Clinton might be really worried if somehow, some way, intimidation presented itself enough to Huma that she just might fold like a pup tent and start giving information again that would completely undermine Hillary's political career going forward. To be honest, I mean in the real world, now it's not going to happen, but in the real world, there should be hands behind the back, click, click, And then she can have all kinds of visitors coming in. I was just admiring your cage. Fits you pretty good. Well, that's what she probably deserves. And, of course, that'll never happen because there's too much clout that will take that uh, away. All right. So where are we going to go here? Let's see. Did we do this stuff already? Poll. Most we did that. Uh, We did the ex-Nobel chief who said they regretted giving Obama the Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, here's a good one. Democrats attack Jeb Bush's multiculturalism comment. Now, this is just, (laughs) I can understand if it's Donald Trump. But we're talking about, and this just shows you, how the word multiculturalism and the meaning of that and the application, one plus one is one, it's three, it's four, it's whatever you want it to be. Multiculturalism, as defined in Wikipedia, describes the existence, acceptance, or promotion of multiple cultural traditions within a 
single jurisdiction, usually considered in terms of the culture associated with an ethnic group. (laughs) This was right below this. This is actually pretty good. Multicultural ideologies or policies vary widely. No kidding. Which means any kind of problem you can fit into any kind of multi multiculturalism definition from the adv- uh, very widely ranging from the advocacy of equal respect to the various cultures in a society to a policy of promoting the maintenance of cultural diversity to policies in which people of various ethnic and religious groups are addressed by the authorities as defined by the group to which they belong. I mean, that's right there. That's got some pretty good gobbledygook explanation, doesn't it? The bottom line is, is multiculturalism and branding the Democrats attacking Bush? He lives in a multicultural household. His wife is Hispanic. He speaks Spanish. His kids speak both English and Spanish. So the obvious thing is, is Jeb Bush is coming from a completely different understanding of what multiculturalism means, and he spelled it out. When you, we should not have a multicultural society. That just blew them up. And they, based upon the meaning that they have regarding what multiculturalism means, they're probably scratching their head going, well, hold it, Jeb. Look at your family. Why would you even possibly say we should not have a multicultural society? Jeb spells it out. And it is the difference. It's the difference between always altering the cultural society, the American society based upon somebody, for lack of a better word, anybody who's offended all of a sudden, the American way of life, the American culture has to be changed to cater to that I'm offended. Whatever that offense, how many different dozens or even hundreds of different kinds of incidences where people are offended are taking place. And so we, as a society, as an American culture, must make those adjustments based on that always adjusting based on our feelings of the moment. Again, this multiculturalism is just a, an extension of the liberal philosophy of thinking with your feelings. Everything's based on emotions. So any thought processes you have, first and foremost, they start with the emotion, I'm offended. Okay, now I'm going to create a policy around being offended. And we're trying to help those people from not being offended anymore. And that's why you get dozens and dozens of, I mean, the inconsistency, the chaos it's creating. As Jeb Bush put it, when you create pockets of isolation, which is exactly what happens. If you do not have a system, as he puts it, and in some places the process of assimilation has been retarded because I'm I'm really surprised there wasn't any commentary about him using the word retarded at that point. Has retarded because they've slowed down. It's wrong. It limits people's aspirations. It limits their potential, that's for sure. 
Bush later told the Associated Press, quote, you have to have people assimilate into society. But that doesn't mean we have to have a monolithic, homogenous population. To the contrary, the power of America is set is a set of shared values with a very diverse population embracing it. Look, I've given you what should happen, my perspective on what we should be doing. And first and foremost, I am all for, look at all the different cultures, the different kinds of culture we have here, all the different people who've come from all over the world. I am all for the retention of one's culture and passing it down through your family, speaking your language. But as far as the American system, as far as the public forum, as far as everything having to do with government, everything should be done in English. It's not about wiping out people's culture. It's about creating that common thread that will help America grow together. There shouldn't be any, as far as I'm concerned, no telephone prompt saying English or Spanish. Everybody should be encouraged to learn English, not to do away with their language of whatever culture and whatever country they come from. No, I encourage to keep that culture Carry forth your tradition, but it is about becoming an American. And that's why the public arena, every, all government documents, everything should be done in English. Why do you think people around the country, around the world, learn English? Because it's the best language there is as far as having the most expressive nature. It's a very difficult language to learn but it by far has the most expression. On top of that, you go to Europe, you go to school in Europe, in any one of those countries in Europe, English is mandatory. They understand. And it has brought Europe and the United States together. Just the simple function of being able to speak and understand in the same language. This is what we need in this country. We need to have a policy where wherever we're in school or government, in the public arena, the public forum, even in the business world. Now, in the business world, it's a little bit different because if a particular business wants to choose to have a phone prompt that includes Spanish, English, and 47 other different languages, well, then you make that choice as that business. But the only way we're going to bring us together. And again, we have such an opportunity with so many different people in this country. And of course, where does that get down to? It gets down to education. It's that's, that's the starting point. All of our school systems, it should be mandatory for every student to learn English, period. I mean, what we're doing right now with this whole idea of multicultural a multicultural society and everybody has and everybody has their culture that they want to be a part of the American thread. Well, what is that? I mean, I think there was a story way back when it's called the tower of Babel. 
And the reason that it didn't work back then, now there's a lot of different ways you can view the whole, the traditional story that's laid out in the Bible regarding the Tower of Babel. But the bottom line is, is that a loss of the ability to be able to talk to each other leads to confusion, leads to Babel. And so I didn't find any surprise in the fact that the deadhead media was going to pound away on Bush on this. And it seemed as quickly as it was brought up, it went away. And that makes sense because it's really tough. (laughs) I'm sure that Jeb Bush would have said, you want me to speak in English or Spanish to explain this really simple thing to you? (laughs) All right, so we've got... uh, no, we did talk about that one. Uh, Pentagon trained rebels are handing weapons over to Al-Qaeda. These are the five specially trained. Young suicide bomber filmed crying. I saw this video. And uh, maybe he was crying in tears, but they showed this video, and he's getting into this. The thing that stood out on this video, and I don't know if this was a Russian um, and a, a pr- armored personal carrier. He got it. It looked like a a rocket sh- on wheels, big, long. And so, is that an American vehicle or was that a Russian? I couldn't tell. But he gets into it. It's packed with explosive. He drives off, and right in the middle of uh, some Syria Syrian war zone, boom. It goes off. And yet we, we're not, we have no plan. And why should we? Obama's got better things to do. Uh, here we got a story regarding uh, the feds are building a biometric database. You know, I've got this article on the timburnshow.com, this race database. And it goes into every kind of area that a civilization has have you ever heard of that in any reporting whatsoever no and it is really george orwell on steroids 1984 on steroids as far as what they're doing uh for the first time fingerprints and biographical information sent to the fbi for a background check will be stored and searched right along with fingerprints taken for criminal purposes, reports the Electronic Frontier Foundation, an organization dedicated to protecting rights online. This organization believes the change is part of an ever-growing movement towards cataloging information on everyone in America and a movement that won't end with fingerprints. Government's expanding biometric database, coupled with NSA's effort to surveil. I mean, we're giving, well... We'll come right back here. Stick around on the Tim Burns Show. Tim Burns for Nominal Exhibit Services. The convention business is big business. Why? Because big business is done at these conventions. 20%, 40 half the business for the entire year can be done at these conventions. If it's time for your company to step up and you just don't know where to start, I encourage you to call Nominal Exhibit Services. Not one company does it all, but one company takes care of all the logistics, and that's Nominal Exhibit Services. Call them at 303-901-9090.
All right, back to this uh, expanding biometric database coupled with the NSA's effort to surveil all personal communication will further enable the technocratic police state now going into place. The government is less interested in catching criminals than it is in controlling the populace, especially a politically active populace that may threaten its monopoly of power. And then a headline broke right after that. 5.6 million fingerprints stolen from the feds in a hack. So we're, we've, got this, we've got this safekeeping operation going, storing fingerprints, and at the same time, the hackers are going in and getting it from them. About 21.5 million individuals have their social security numbers and other sensitive information affected by this very same hack. So they stole 5.5 million fingerprints, social security numbers 21.5 million, and federal experts believe that, as of now, the ability to misuse fingerprint data is limited. Wow. So they've got the fingerprints. You think they're going to come up with a game plan on how to use these fingerprints? Oh, no, the hackers are never ahead of, well, ahead of this government. The office acknowledged, however, that future technologies could take advantage of this information. You think? (laughs) All right, so what do I want to do here? All right, let's get to the Benjamin Banneker stuff. And again, let's preface this with, Nobody wishes more than I do. This is Thomas Jefferson. That to see such proofs as you exhibit, he's referencing Benjamin Banneker, a brilliant, genius mind. Now, again, we have a school system that caters to a one-size-fits-all philosophy. Whatever IQ level they're picking, 100 IQ, let's call it, the entire curriculum caters to that. What we need is an education system that isn't so concerned about sticking to this stringent, catering, one-size-fits-all system or the real most important thing. Again, unions are groups of self-interest. When push comes to shove, it's about union and their members. It does not work in an education system because it will never be about the kid about the student, about designing an education system that actually reaches out and helps a kid find his niche, help him discover as early as possible what he wants to be when he grows up. We can never, this school system as it exists now, can never cater to the be-all-you-can-be factor in every kid. Because the ones that need to be stimulated, the kids that have that genius mind, as I've said before, I can do 24-7 amounts of homework. I am never going to graduate myself to a genius mind. Just like we have, well, as far as race is concerned, the whole idea of this color, that color, this color, that color. If you knew, took a DNA of your own finger, uh, if you had a DNA evaluation, you would find, no matter what color you are, you would find information and output from that that would probably shock you. 
as far as what kind of DNA you have in you. But here we have black, we have white, we have brown. We have light-skinned blacks, dark-skinned blacks, and everywhere in between. The same with brown, the same with white, light-skinned white, dark-skinned white, everywhere in between. Well, between the ears, we also have a wide variety. We have genius mind, whether it's of black like Benjamin Banneker, he's obviously was a genius or of genius status. And what inspired his genius status to be kicked into gear? He was taken under tutelage by a Quaker. George Ellicott gave him books. He inspired Benjamin Banneker as a youngster to get educated, motivated him for self-education, gave him books. Now, I, I think about Benjamin Banneker. He had the opportunity to be exposed to what his, whether you're black, white, or brown, there's going to be genius mind in each, and there's going to be average intelligence, and there's going to be not so maybe a little below average intelligence. That's just the way things are. And what we need is a school system that caters to each of these levels. You cannot have an education system that will not hold the attention of somebody like Benjamin Banneker, who took a pocket watch, hand-carved from wood, put it into motion, a tower clock, and it ran till the day he died. Obvious genius. We went over first, uh, the first African American to publish almanacs, first to track 17 year locust cycles, water irrigation, crop rotation, and water irrigation techniques. Now, was it the fact that, that this Quaker teacher of his? by exposing him to educational information, whatever the subject matter was, kicked this into gear for Benjamin Banneker. It was always residing deep within his ears, deep within his mind, and all he needed was that, that uh, spark to kick it all into gear. Now take Benjamin Banneker, who was born a free man, and take him 30 to 40 miles south where he was born a slave, if potentially born a slave, without any opportunity to have that exposure to educational material, would Benjamin Banneker have become who he ended up becoming? I don't think so. It's all about an education system that needs to help the student find his niche, and our education system will never do that. Thomas Jefferson envisioned not only a way to alleviate prejudices by having pastors and preachers right next to the library at the University of Virginia, by exposing kids who may have come from a, from a very narrow-minded, philosophical, religious outlook 
and by exposing them even to the different religious outlooks, his goal was to soften, as Jefferson put it, to soften their prejudices by exposing people to that. He had religion right on the very first public university. So the bottom line is we need an education system that understands that you can't shove people into the same bottle, shake it upside down, and expect people to come out where they've actually experienced being all they can be. We do need an education system that looks at the stu- that cares about the student, not about the infrastructure, not about the bureaucracy of the union. It needs to focus on the student. And by doing that, that would mean everybody doesn't fit in the same one-size-fits-all category. If you've got a kid and a teacher says, wow, this kid's got potential, you need to put him in a place where you can keep his interest. If you have kids that are below average intelligence, you may not necessarily be able to raise that up, but you find them a niche and education in that manner. And everywhere, you can have multiple levels of education. Release the hounds. Let the teachers teach. Let them excite their students. It'll never happen with the infrastructure, the education infrastructure that we have in this country right now. What's going to be the wake-up call? I don't know. All right, everybody. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim Burns Show. Don't forget TimBurnsShow.com is the website. And over the weekend, tell somebody you love about the Tim Burns Show. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.